You're listening to Mission Lab. Mission Lab. From our living new man, Ben Here's our parents, Sean and Camille Brace. Well, hello everybody. This is Mission Lab and this is episode 31. And today I am delighted to have a very special guest on our show. And it is none other than my dear mother. Hello, mother. Hello, Sean. <laughs> Wonderful to have you. What you don't know as we're recording this is it's actually Christmas morning, mother. Wow. And we are together in your house. So Merry Christmas. That is very exciting. Merry yes. Christmas to now, you. Now, just last night, you went to the Patriots game against the Bills. Did they win? Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, we are recording this, of course, actually exactly one month before. It's actually November 25, but it will be released on December 25. So we hope that that, uh, that uh, prediction is... is uh, prophetic. But at any rate, we're here recording. My mother and my father have been with us over the Thanksgiving weekend, and we're delighted to have them. And I thought it would be wonderful to sit down with my mother. What is your name, by the way, ma'am? My name is Melanie Brace. Melanie Brace. Okay. It has been that way for 44 years. 44 years. Okay. So we've had your husband on the show before, Bill yes. Brace. And uh, but tell us a little bit more about yourself beyond those uh, important facts. Well, I started life a long time ago. Native <laughs> Massachusetts girl. All right. Grew up in a family with two loving parents, three sisters. There were four of us girls. Um, we were very close. Came from a close family, um, and our four, uh, four, three sisters and I, four sisters, remain very close to this day and That's spend right. a lot of time together. That's right. We have a very close family. We do. Yeah. Um, I married at a fairly young age, actually, mm, age how, 20. Well, now they know how old you are. Oh, no, that's terrible. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. I messed up on that. Yeah, we yeah. can always edit it out, but we, we won't. Probably but anyway. not. Anyway, <laughs> um, I married uh, um, a man who was to become a minister. Yes. I knew that was the direction he was moving in when we got married. Um, and we had three children, Sean, that you all know, and two older ones, Corey and Rick. That's right. And... Um, as far as I can tell, we've had a very happy family life. We remain very close, all the kids, all the in-laws, grandkids now. And um, it has been a blessing from God. Yeah, and we're all together on this great day, Christmas Day, right? For sure. As far as I know, we're all scheduled to be together. Yes. Um, now, what do you do for your life's occupation? Well, my life's occupation is is been in nursing primarily. Um, when I was young, my dad um, told us girls that we could be anything we wanted to be after we became a nurse. <laughs> and he felt that was a, a practical career for, for women. Mm -hmm. And um, I was the eldest of, and still the eldest of the four, and I listened to him. That's and right. I took nursing, but I didn't think I wanted to be a nurse. <laughs> and so uh, I took that first and then went and took elementary education afterwards. But I found he was actually right and nursing was the right field for me. Yeah. And all four of you did 
No. No. No, Sherry did not. <laughs> she did not. One yeah. did not, and she regretted it. She has regretted ah, it at times through the years. She's a teacher now. Right. Yeah. The other two did, Tony and Lori, but they're not... They haven't really been practicing nurses. Yeah. 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 So, but you're, and your dad was a, a, a physician. Surgeon. Yeah. yeah, he mm-hmm. was a surgeon, so he had a, a special place in his heart for the medical field right yeah so you have where have you been working as a nurse well i have been i have been working in uh, skilled nursing facilities and long-term care probably since about 1977 on Mm. um part-time very part-time when the when you guys were young Mm -hmm. but as you got older um i worked more and more and um for the last 20 years, I have worked at the same place in Quincy, and it's a... Quincy uh, what? Quincy, Massachusetts, yes. and it's a skilled nursing facility, rehab facility, and I'm director of nurses there. Okay. Now, this is actually one of the reasons why I want to bring you on, because not only do I love you, mm. but you have been an inspiring person when it comes to mission, because, and you may not have known this, and you may not have articulated it in this way, and maybe the rest of us didn't realize it, but uh, for decades, you've really been missional at the places you've worked. You have touched many lives. You have invested in not only the patients, but the employees that are there, the other nurses, the nurses' assistants. Now, of course, you direct the whole thing, but I don't, I've never heard anyone say they don't love Melanie. So tell us a little bit more about that, you know, being missional in your workplace. I'm sure there are employees that would say (laughs) they don't love me, but I think they probably would not be able to say that I was not, that I was unkind to them or Mm -hmm. that I was unfair to them. Um, It's certainly been my intention to uh, reflect the Lord as much as I can to all my staff members by being kind, by being consistent, by knowing what they can expect from me, by being truthful with them about their performance sometimes, Mm. Um, but being someone that they can come to and talk to about not only their work, but things that are troubling them in life. Mm. And you've you've done that just just because that's what a person who loves God does. Exactly. And not necessarily any Hidden agenda, like no I'm hidden get them. agenda at all. Yeah, no. So um, one of the persons we'll talk about, but I also want to just explore. You don't have to name names, but you know any specific uh, stories you have in mind where people that you've come in intersected with in that capacity that uh, stand out in your mind. Um, there are a couple that I can think of. One actually was just very recently, probably within the last two months, there was a nursing assistant that came to me who worked who works on the 3 to 11 shift, and I, I, I didn't know her really, really well, but I held a number of classes in the evening, and she was at, at, attended the classes and seemed to be a very lovely lady. And she came to me a couple months ago and said she needed a, a week or two off Um, And I asked why, because she seemed quite serious. And she said she was raising her grandson and he had just been diagnosed with a malignant tumor Mm. in his stomach, actually, and that he was going to need to have surgery and chemotherapy. And um, and I asked her if I could pray with her about it. And she seemed so uh, shocked and Mm. so appreciative and 
ever since that day, she just seeks me out constantly mm-hmm. to tell me about how he's doing mm-hmm. and to thank. Every day she'll thank me for praying with her because mm-hmm. she couldn't believe that someone would pray with her and care about her and her grandson. And so that's just a recent thing mm-hmm. that, you know, yeah. it, it's, you know, a very small thing. Yeah. But to her, it was a really big yeah. thing. Yeah. And, and that, and it's not as though that's your goal with these people. I'm going to go pray with them. It, the moment. The moment itself. just presented itself, yeah. you know, that she was just in despair mm-hmm. about what to do about this boy. He's just less than two years old. He was, you know, a real joy of her life. And mm-hmm. this very unexpected diagnosis, her husband was out of the country at the time. And she was just pretty alone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So tell us, I was going to, and I've prepped you for this, but um, of course, one of the uh, most memorable uh, co-workers you've had that whose life you um, invested in more than any other, it would probably be safe to say, is uh, a dear friend of ours, a late dear friend of ours, yes. uh, Doreen. Tell us about Doreen, who's passed away, how long ago was a, it now? A year ago, a 15 year months ago, ago yeah. maybe. But talk, talk about Doreen. Doreen was a nursing assistant of mine. I was working the night shift, actually, in a different facility at that time, and um she was one of my nursing nursing assistants, and she stuck out to me because she was really particularly kind. Mm. And she would do whatever you would want, and she was always looking out for people. And um, particularly when you work the night shift, sometimes you have more time for talking, and mm-hmm. she and I got talking quite a bit. And I found that her life was not going very well. And um, one particular... Um, conversation led to me understanding that she was involved um, delivering illegal drugs and she this is news to me I didn't know all the story (laughs) yeah there's probably a lot of this story you don't know because you were very young at the time but she was she was delivering drugs for for a drug dealer who Hmm. was actually stealing drugs out of a hospital in Stoughton at that time wow and she said she just didn't you know, this was just not her way. This is not how she wanted to be. And she didn't want to do it. So I said, well, do you want to come home with me for the weekend? And um, then they won't find you and you won't have to do it. And she said, yeah, I would really like to come home with you for the weekend. And so I brought her home for the weekend. (laughs) And she never left. (laughs) It it turned into... um, on and off, 18 years plus, mm. that she lived in our home. Mm. And um, it was a real learning experience because that was just the tip of the iceberg and what was going on in her life. Mm. But uh, eventually she um, dealt with a lot of the issues that she was having, um, a lot of them involving substances, alcohol particularly. Um, and then once she got sober... I found out she was she she was drunk at work and I didn't even know it. She wow. she used vodka that you know you couldn't smell and and she was just relying on that and and I didn't realize that nor did anyone. And uh, she she stopped drinking immediately. I went to meetings with her. She stopped drinking, but once she stopped drinking, and she became sober, then the real issues of her life came out, which mm. were, all, you know, very. Uh, heavy instances of sexual abuse all through her life. Mm. And so we 
we dealt with that for many years. Um, she eventually, not eventually, actually, within the first few years, she came to know the Lord, um, had a very, very tender heart, and um, it made a huge difference in her life. Mm, man. Obviously, I knew Doreen. I mean, she would take drive me to school every day, and it was like I feared for my life because I was worried <laughs> We were going to get into she an accident. She wasn't the best of drivers. <laughs> I think she, didn't she take the driver's test like seven times I, before I, she passed it? I think she, she took it quite a few times. <laughs> she was, she was a legend in our family. Her name, her nickname was Dodo. Yeah. And she had, she had this thick, thick, thick Boston accent. Doreen, she was from <laughs> Dorchester originally. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but just a precious lady. And, you know, one thing sticks out of my mind is I remember coming down frequently downstairs and you and Doreen would just be on the couch and you'd just be holding her Mm. and she'd just be sobbing on your shoulder. And, um, obviously those memories were resurfacing. Yes. Yes. Mm. It was, it was quite a a ride. Yeah. And you know, in the end, um, my mom Mm. got Alzheimer's disease Doreen, who was a nursing assistant and through the years, uh, you know, held jobs as a nursing assistant, unit clerks in nursing home, assisted living, volunteered to go and live with my mother and did so for the last two or three years of her life and just lovingly, lovingly gave back to me, you know, Mm. some kindness I had shown her. Mm. And it, it enabled my mom to stay in her own home till her death. And I really think those years um, were some of the best years of Doreen's life, mm, mm. being able to take care of my mom. Yeah, man, that's powerful. All started with just simply inviting her over for the weekend, and that turned into mm. two decades. Yeah, yeah. powerful. Um, <clears throat> so I think we could almost close the program <laughs> just with that story. Um, but uh, kind of... Like I said, you were you've been doing these types of things for decades and you didn't necessarily articulate in your mind that you were being missional. You were just trying to live out the gospel. Um and I think as we've mentioned in this podcast before, my mother, my dad, always an open door at, at your house. Yes. We've, we've had we've had Doreen, we've had ex convicts, we've had Abercrombie and Fitch models. We've had, I think we counted one time and there was like. This was when you were still in college. I know, it was when I was in college. We, we counted and it was like a hundred people. So I'm sure it's many more since 20 years then. had lived with us for at least three months at a time. Um, of course, you loved every moment of, of, of that. And how many people do you have living with you right now? Two. Two, just two. Just two. Wow, you guys are <laughs> slacking off a little. Yeah. No, uh, but you just have a heart to, to help people. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> but you have uh, you have recently, it would be safe to say, also come to realize that there is a a uh, a very important shift that the church needs to make so that the type of things you're doing are not just kind of like unique or correct you know, that that we as as God's people need to think of all of life like you basically do. Not that you're perfect, but absolutely not um, perfect. T- tell me a little bit about that shift. How has that impacted 
your church experience, your life. Now, you don't really have a home church right now because your dear husband has, we won't say the R word because he's actually in the other room and he can hear, but he has retired. But just in general, tell me the shift in your thinking. Um, As a pastor's wife for 40 years, 44 years, um, I think we did church in a pretty typical manner. Mm-hmm. Um, our personal lives and who we took care of and who we um, tried to help, I do believe was of the missional sense. Mm-hmm. But as far as the our church per se life would go, it was pretty traditional. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that in the last couple of years, actually since you turned me on to a specific <laughs> you know mm-hmm. video mm-hmm. i think you sent me a video a, a jeff vanderstelt video and you said listen to this um it just really resonated with me that this really is the way of today mm-hmm. and that things that have been done in the past are not working today that our churches are getting smaller and smaller, at least some of them are, Mm -hmm. and that there has to be a different kind of work for people um, that involves really giving of ourselves more than we've ever had before. Mm -hmm. And that that just resonated with me. It just seemed right Mm -hmm. when I started reading about it and thinking about it, praying about it, Um, you know, my personal life because of my husband's retirement, our church that has been our family for you know, close to 30 years that has ended, and we're kind of what you'd say between gigs right now. <laughs> so yes, we, really, we really have not you know, found a home yet, per se, in, in a church or, or figured out where, where we're going to be the rest of our lives. Yeah, yeah. But it's it's in process. It's in process, and and I do feel as though I want to be settled in some place where these con I, these concepts can be worked out in mm-hmm. my life in a more intentional way. Mm, that's awesome. So stay tuned, listener, to see what happens with these uh, elder braces. And uh, I've been blessed by observing their understanding, growing understanding of the implications of the gospel and um it's inspired me and um i i'm looking forward to seeing where they land some might say that you're not going to land anywhere but where you already are but that's a story for another day um but uh yeah so it's it's been really cool and um obviously like i said you've been doing it already and it's just a matter of you know because even the people you do have in your life who you're on mission to you know, bringing them into a community is now in a very important step that exactly. you, know, you need to figure out. So, right. Yeah. Well, I appreciate your kind kindness in, in joining me this lovely for this lovely episode. And uh, Merry Christmas again. Anything else before we close? No, thank you, Sean. It's yeah. a privilege to uh, do this program Yes, with you. thank you very much. And you did wonderful. We didn't even have to stop to edit anything out. She was worried about that. <laughs> but uh, no, we did a great job. So thank you, Mom. And we appreciate you listening. And uh, thank you for the inspiration. And I hope you have been inspired to go and live life on mission in the place where you work and touch the people that, that you intersect with 
And there might be a Doreen that's just waiting for you to invite into your life and the dividends will be eternal. So thank you for that inspiration, mom. And again, thanks for listening. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. And we'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to Mission Lab. Our theme song is Portland Hike by Tiny Music. Additional editing by Chris Ogay. Follow us on Twitter at MLabPodcast. Thank you.